Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Lost the ball, poked from behind by Butler. Butler gets it back and slams it. And the lead is 17. After blowing a 3-0 series lead, the Heat stop the Celtics in Boston and make history themselves. They become just the second eight seed ever to make the NBA Finals. I'm just confident. I know the work that we all put into it, so I know what we're capable of. But nobody's satisfied. We haven't done anything. We don't play just to win the Eastern Conference. We play to win the whole thing. The Finals began on Thursday night, but... Yesterday, it was something that not many people expected to see in Boston as the Miami Heat just absolutely dominated the Boston Celtics in Game 7. It is Canty and Carlin, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. Always great to visit with Doris Burke, ESPN NBA analyst. She was on the call on ESPN Radio for Game 7 Yesterday, and Doris, uh, as we get to the progressive NBA snapshot, let's just start right there. What was the overall theme to you of what happened yesterday to the Boston Celtics? And frankly, how shocking was it for you? Yeah, I was completely surprised. Not necessarily that Miami won, but the way they won, that it wasn't a possession ball game down the stretch. And I guess for me, uh, one of the main themes, and Dave and I talked about this prior to game one, um, I believed that Miami was mentally and physically one of the toughest teams in the league. And, you know, it's funny, we talked to Eric Spolster pregame guys, and, you know, we were talking to him about how it felt for us, sort of like the two weeks, you know, tracking both teams, flying from city to city. And it felt long to us. And we're not digging into film and we're not experiencing heartbreak. And I said to Spo, you know, what's what's it like for you? And he, he said, we had a quiet minute as a staff this afternoon, meaning yesterday. And through all the heartbreak, the gut-wrenching losses, everything, and being in this precarious position of 3-3 with your season on the line, he said, we all basically said, what would you be doing if you weren't in sports and not one of them wanted to be any other place through all the ups and downs of it. And uh, so, you know, I, I have to give them a ton of credit to drop three straight, to have things, you know, end in game six the way they did. To me, I know we all sort of like can get tired of the heat culture word. I do believe it's real. And I think it showed out yesterday. That's for sure. DB, and doing the autopsy on the Celtics in this series and just looking at game mm-hmm. six and game seven overall, are you surprised that Boston was so inefficient when it came to shooting the three ball and surprised that Joe Missoula didn't make an adjustment at halftime yesterday after the team went 421 in the first half? Yeah, in the 421, and I'm not sure about which was the 10 and which were 11, but they had 10 contested shots. They made two. They had 11 open shots, and they made two. And I go back to something Malcolm Brogdon said when the Celtics hit a rough patch earlier in the year, and he said, 
I want to know who we are when we're not making shots because right now we are such a great shooting team that sometimes we let that define us. And so, you know, the Celtics will do an autopsy. I know Joe Mazzulla took a lot of heat. I think he's a hell of a young coach. He's just looking opposite a guy who is 15 years in, was named one of the top 15 coaches in the now 76-year history of the league. I thought they were masterful yesterday, Miami, in terms of the switching defenses, right? They don't pull out the zone in game six until the fourth quarter. Well, right from the opening tip, it felt like they were, you know, hitting that zone much more episodically from period one to period four. It changes the rhythm, the tempo, the kinds of shots Boston got. I did not do an autopsy this morning to know, like, what was their corner three-point shooting, but I feel like a lot of those open looks were from the corner, um, and those are, the you know, one of the most highly valued shots, and, and they just missed. And so I'm curious next year, you know, number one, is there a little bit more emphasis on making sure you are elite defensively throughout the course of the year? Because I do think they had some slippage there. And then are, are we going to be more diverse, you know, rather than just so heavily dependent on the three? That's for sure. Doris Burke, ESPN NBA <laughs> analyst. That's that's where I was going to go, Doris, is because um, when Malcolm Brogdon says that to you guys and wants to know who they're going to be when they're not hitting their shots, well, they were the second-best defensive team in the league this year, and that somehow – I can count the number of times on one hand that I think I heard Joe Mazzulla mention the word defense in the postseason. So what do you think happened to them defensively? Well, I, I think when you are as good as they are, when you can make as many shots – and think about it, guys. Like, at their best, they're a multi-drive and kick, uh, force you into rotation – and then the threes, very often there's five guys on the floor. If, Robert's, if Robert Williams is not the big on the floor, and you, you said it, right? Like Joe Missoula, it's all about spacing, playmaking, and three-point shooting. That's why they went away from the double big lineup, because philosophically he believes so deeply in that concept. Um, and so, you know, what happens to it? You know, like, listen, Jalen Brown, I so appreciated his honesty, right? He underperformed last night. Can you imagine how long his summer is going to be. When, when, when Jason Tatum turns his ankle on the first play of the game, I think his teammates recognized right away that this was not good. And when they lifted him with four to play in the first, when he had been his whole rotation the last couple of series was the entire first 12 minutes of the game, I'm thinking to myself, okay, these guys have to know he's not right. And I thought Jalen Brown, in trying to deliver for his team, pressed a little bit. And when Jalen presses, he turns it over and he takes poor shots. And to hear him say, I failed, I failed miserably, like, that's hard. And um, I appreciated his honesty. And you just wonder moving forward, and I'm not going to overreact. Like, you've got two, two guys, 26 and 25 years old. Um, they've been to multiple conference finals. They've been on the brink. I don't want to overreact. But one thing that's looming in my head, and this is the part I understand least, so maybe you guys can help me with this. Like, because salary structure, et cetera, et cetera, the new CBA, I mean, I just, I love the games. I should be more in tune with this. But can you devote $600 million of your salary cap to two players and have that be a formula for success? I don't know the answer to that. But I think these are questions you've got to ask moving forward if you're, if you're that team. 
No doubt Brad Stevens and the Celtics brass will be asking him this offseason. Talking to ESPN NBA analyst Doris Burke, the great Doris Burke, on Canty and Carlin. And Doris, so many times in sports, people refer to the word catcher uh, culture as a catch-all, and they don't yes. think of it as this tangible thing. But I thought what we saw mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference Finals from the Miami Heat illustrates the example of an impact that culture can have on a team yeah. being able to advance and go on a deep playoff run. The Miami Heat, only yeah. the second eighth seed to get to the NBA Finals following the 99 New York Knicks. What does it say about Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, and the Heat culture that this team has been able to go on this run, knocking off the top two seeds in the East and having a chance to compete for the Larry O'Brien Trophy? Okay, so I love this question because I know we can all kind of like roll our eyes when we hear Heat culture. You, you mentioned Spo and Jimmy, and that's appropriate. There's also another guy that comes to the forefront of my mind. And when I first texted in my MVP vote last night, I put Caleb Martin. So you have to text your vote, right? And I, I was going back and forth in, in game six and seven. I mean, I'm, and I'm asking Dave Pash, my partner, who I believe has a great eye and has, you know, just incredible understanding of the league and success and all these things. I'm like, what do you think? And we're going back and forth. And I ended up changing my vote back to Jimmy, and I'll tell you why. But let me, let me talk about Caleb first. Guys, a year ago, the Celtics would not guard him in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think he averaged 8.7, somewhere in that vicinity, on inefficient shooting. And there was a great quote earlier this year from Caleb. He said, hey, that was appropriate a year ago. I was not prepared to take or make those shots. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit. But he said, shame on me if I don't come back this year prepared to take those shots playing off Jimmy and Bam, because we're the ones who are going to get those shots, essentially. And to see that young man be so fearless and deliver so consistently throughout the course of the postseason, it's really, to me, that's a testament. That's one of those undrafted guys. That's one of the player development guys. That's one of the guys that Eric Spolster talks about competitive will, that un, you know undefined quality. And what ultimately switched me back to Jimmy, and I'm not telling you I'm right. I still don't know if I'm right. I, I understand the, the voters who, who cast it for Caleb. I literally, my first text was Caleb, and I, I reversed course and went Jimmy. And here's why I did it. Number one, obviously, they follow his lead. Number two, the Celtics were clearly driven to taking Jimmy away, you know, crowding him, sending multiple, doing all the things defensively that they did. But he also delivered, right? He almost delivers game six. He was huge in game seven. And one thing that was lingering in my head that Eric Spolster said was, Jimmy's influence, there is no metric. There's no quantifiable way to know how profound his influence is on our team. And I have seen other NBA players, not often, but either like not just not inspire their teammates with confidence, where Jimmy, it's always we and us and my teammates, et cetera, et cetera. And he believes in them to the point where he raises the level of people around him. There is no stat, no number, nothing that, that quantifies that kind of leadership. Um, but when you talk to the Heat players and you now hear them verbalizing, if Jimmy's playing, we have a chance. Like that's to me inspiring stuff as a teammate and, uh, and I still don't know if I'm right. I, I really don't. And I here's I was terrified, you guys, because at the end when I sent the Caleb and then I resent the text, one of the things he said is, 
I know this is hard. So now I'm thinking, oh, dear God, this vote is so tight, and I don't want to be the last person sending mine in. <laughs> <laughs> last one, Doris Burke, of course, uh, ESPN NBA analyst, will be on the call uh, with uh, Kesty, PJ, uh, Roz Gold, and Wude for the Game 1 of the NBA Finals. And let's just get a quick thought there uh, on the Heat and the Nuggets, your first inclination on this matchup. Yeah, well, we underestimate the Heat to our peril. Um, but here's what I believe, you know, they scored and I, I, again, I'm, I know I'm close, but I may not be exactly right. 97, 99, 103. And maybe they broke a hundred last night. What'd they score last night, guys, you know, 103, 103 more 103. Yep. So that's four games where you're between 97 and 103. I know that the Denver offense is better than 103 points per game. I think they're going to have to score more than that. Uh, they're going to have to score more points than that to beat the Denver Nuggets, that's for sure. Doris, great stuff. We're looking forward to the finals. Thanks so much. Okay, wonderful. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Yep, Doris Burke, ESPN NBA analyst, giving us the progressive NBA <clears throat> the progressive NBA snapshot. Slow down, it. Fatty. You got it? Slow down. <laughs> I was motoring through that. The progressive <laughs> NBA slap, uh, snapshot. Hello. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. What the Heat proved in this series is that it's all very real. Mm. There's there's no getting around it. Um, anybody that wants to doubt it anymore, yeah, you might get annoyed by hearing about it. I, I don't even want to use the word culture anymore, Chris. What, what it's tr- truly just about is... A team that has one thing on its mind, and that's winning games. And everybody kind of, not falling into place, but everybody held accountable on the same level. And that has been going on there since the Dwayne Wade early days, since LeBron. They were all Let's call held it what it is. Accountable. It's been going on since Pat Riley got yes. there. Yes. That's what it is. That's yes. what it comes down to. It's putting the infrastructure in place in order Alonzo to get the Alonzo Mourning most- was held that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And you want to call it culture? Fine, call it culture. I, it's an overused word nowadays. What it is is the the main tenant of that organization and accountability. And they are accountable to one another, and it shows in every way. And I'll tell you what, I, I just loved that Spolstra, after Game 6, as crushing as that game could have been, I said, all right, boys, let's get on the plane. We're going. It wasn't rah-rah. It wasn't trying to do anything out of out of character. It, there was something about some video that they played. But uh, besides that, it was very matter-of-fact. Let's just go do it. That's, that's all there is well, to well, we're he here. Said, let's go. Well, he set the tone in his post-game comments after yeah, we're gonna a find disappointing a way to do it. game six laws. He said, we're going to find a way to do it. And if we could tip the ball off right now for game seven and play another 48, we would. Mm-hmm. But we can't. We're waiting 48 hours, and then we'll go up to Boston and handle our business. The thing that impresses me the most about heat culture, and I want to use the word culture because it encompasses all of the different things that an organization has to have when it comes to establishing a standard, when it comes to holding people accountable, when it comes to maximizing performance and production from the individuals that you have within there. Like All of that, to me, is effective. It, 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 it's... I guess it's held together when the leadership within the organization holds themselves to those standards. 
You have that from Pat Riley. You have that from Eric Spolstra. You have that on the player side from Jimmy Butler. Everybody else has to fall in line with that. Mm-hmm. As an undrafted player, if you see Jimmy Butler buying into what Pat Riley is saying guys need to do from a strength and conditioning standpoint and what you need to be at weight-wise and body fat-wise when you report the training camp, if Jimmy Butler is doing all of those things, you don't think that Caleb Martin has to do those things? You don't think that Cody Zeller is going to do those things? You don't think that Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are going to do those things? Of course they are. Of course they are. And the thing that I love about Jimmy is that he's demanding, but he also emboldens his teammates. Like yeah, I just look at the impact that he had on Tyler Hero and what Tyler Hero was coming out of Kentucky to what Tyler Hero is now the kind of offensive player that he is. And he really came into his own when he was in the bubble when the Heat made that, that finals run then in 2020. But I just think about how Jimmy, in his confidence, oozes that oozes out of him, impacts, and, 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 and infects the rest of the locker room. To me, that that is what's on display when you see a bunch of guys playing over their heads in the conference finals and punching their ticket to the NBA finals. I mean, there really is no other way to to describe it or to explain it other than this being the quintessential team. The sum being greater than the individual parts. That That's the impact of culture. When you have the right culture in the building, you see it. That's what the 2007 New York Giants had when they beat the undefeated Patriots. Nobody or their mama would tell you that the Giants were more talented than the Patriots. Didn't matter. It didn't matter who had the better players. It was about what group of men could make the best team. And to me, that was two teams in the Eastern Conference Finals that were on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to talent, but also when it comes to culture. And you saw that the culture won out over the talent. Well, Chris, when we think about today's NBA, when we think about the NBA, frankly, of the last 40, 50 years, if the Miami Heat complete this, this is one of the great championships ever, if not the greatest championship ever won in the league. Because of, and I'm not downplaying them Ooh. who they are. Think about it, though. I don't know if I can say that. Think about it, though, because you're talking about an eight seed uh, that had to fight their way in through the through the play-in. Fair. And they will have beaten two number one seeds and a number two seed on the way to a championship. And have done it, and would have done it in unlikely fashion, and would have won the conference finals after going up 3 nothing, letting the, the Celtics back in and letting them win three in a row. How often does that happen? Where you win three, or you lose three in a row, and then you come back and you win game seven on the road in dominating fashion. When you really start to tick off all the achievements so far for this team, if they um, were able to go and win a title against a great offensive team like Denver, it's up there, boy. No, I'm not saying it's not up there, but, I mean, there have been some pretty good title runs. I'm just sitting there thinking about it. Toronto Raptors in 2019 with Kawhi, that was a hell of a run. And they beat one of the all-time great dynasties, the Golden State Warriors, at the height of their powers with Kevin Durant. The other one that comes to mind, 2003-2004, Detroit, when they beat my L.A. Lakers. Uh And they didn't just beat them. They kicked their ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was 4-1 in that series in the NBA Finals. Like, that to me was an impressive run. And you think about the star players on that Pistons team, it, it, it kinda, it, it, it's kind of reminiscent of 
of what this Miami Heat team is, right? You had guys like Chauncey Billups, and you had Rip Hamilton, and you had Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace. Yeah, I mean, good, really good players, but no, not real, no, no real superstars, right? You know what I mean? And you're going up against Shaq and Kobe. So I, I, I will say this: it's right up there, and to me, it speaks volumes if they would be able to pull this off against seemingly the best player on the planet in Nikola Jokic in the Denver Nuggets. It would speak volumes about who Eric Spolstra is as a coach and his place in the pantheon of all-time great coaches, but also with Jimmy Butler and him and his greatness over the last decade or so and where he belongs when it comes to talking about the best that the game has to offer today. 888-ESPN, how do you fix the Celtics? Is it time to break up Tatum and Jalen Brown? 888-729-3776. Up next, though, A guy who knows about winning in Boston will join us to try to diagnose the problem and see if he can fix it. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. The Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals. Our players are hungry. They're not satisfied. The Miami Heat's improbable postseason run continues. The longer you're around in this business, you realize the harder and harder it is to do something like this. Everybody's still trying to figure it out. It's going to be our very first question for this guy. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, Glenn Big Baby Davis won a championship with the Celtics. He joins us right now on the line. Let's just start here. What the hell happened? 
That's what we all want to know. What the hell happened? God. Man, you know what? I I just feel like uh, the Celtics really kind of lost their rhythm. And I think, you know, the guys that are supposed to step up and, you know, and be there, I think it was just tough for them. Jason Tatum, he turned his ankle. Um, I think that really messed up the game. Um, because when you think about those other games, he is kind of, you know, the momentum and the scoring process and just how things were getting done in the beginning of the game. And I just think the Celtics didn't have the energy, didn't have, you know, the mental toughness to uh, push through. Big Baby, as somebody that played for this organization, has got blood in the ground, so to speak, won a championship with the Celtics, roots for them actively now. How do you feel about what happened this season as a whole? And how do you feel about the Tatum and Brown era of Celtics basketball in general? Uh, when, I, when, when, when I think about the basketball gods, I think in a whole this year we didn't do well in a whole, right? We had so much bullshit going on that, you know, I think that that kind of hindered us mentally. You know, it just took away from a lot of every uh, of everybody. You know, going through that whole process, you know, if you're a player, you're thinking about not having the right coach. Um, you know, you think about all the little things that kind of like took hold and kind of took away from winning the finals this year. You know what I mean? Um, I really think the basketball gods were, you know, wasn't great on us because I feel like as a whole organization, we didn't do the right things, you know, in a lot of ways. So, you know, on to next year. Glenn, Big Big Baby Davis with us. Uh, Of course, former Celtic, won a championship with the Celtics uh, with Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Joe Mazzulla, is he the right guy? Man, <laughs> that's a deep breath before you get his answer. Wow, man. you know what? Dude, like you know, it, does he? You know, I, I like his. Does he fit? You know, does he? You know, I think he fits in a way. But I really, really am looking at that. Those three games they dropped, um, and then also the game four, not making the right adjustments. I just really think he needs more help. You know, I think he's a great coach. He's been thrown in the fire really, really fast. But I think the part where it's, you know, where game in game adjustments, being mindful of the moment, I think he needs more help because he needs more experience at that level. You know, um, there's a lot of things that I probably can point at that he's done, but um, I just think it's a little bit too much for him. I think he needs a little bit more support. I'm, you know, I'm looking at a good head, head assistant that can kind of take the fire off him in crunch moments or times where we need a coach with experience, you know, to make the right decisions. I think he needs a little help before we just say, hey, give him the whole job. And, you know, we would, we need some support, you know, because those last games, you know, that last game, he didn't make enough adjustments for me. You know, um, I'm thinking because Tatum wasn't playing well, I think you make more plays for Derek, you know, you get other guys involved, you know, you figure out somehow the way 
to bring new energy in the game, you know, giving other people opportunity. You know, I just think he didn't do well at that. Big Baby, speaking of getting help, I mean, I'm not sure how much more help the Boston Celtics can give Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You've got four guys that have made all defensive teams in the NBA. Another guy made an all-NBA team, Marcus Smart, former defensive player of the year, and Malcolm Brogdon, sixth man of the year this season. How patient should Boston Celtics fans be with the tandem of Tatum and Brown going into their seventh season together next year? Um... You know, Celtics fans need to be patient, right? But at the same time, we need to understand what the hell is going on here. And we can see that there's a level of eliteness that we need to see from our core guys, right? Being mindful of the moment, right? And, you know, and and, and, and stepping to the plate. You know what I mean? When you think about you know, just step into the plate. There's some things that need to be done. Somebody needs to figure out who's going to be our leader on that team. You know, some days it's Jalen, sometimes it's Jason Tatum. You know, we need to, we need to, we need to figure out who's our, you know, our big dog is because we need him in the clutch or we go and get, you know, when you think about it, we were trying to pair Kyrie, you know, even KD wanted to come there. We need another elite score who's not going to fray or, you know, shy away in the midst of of game time, you know. And sometimes because of the way the game is played, I think Jason Tatum get lost or the ball doesn't find him enough. Um, so we need to figure that out. I think we just need another elite guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what they say about Paul, but Paul Pierce was an elite guy when we needed him to be. He's going to hit the big shots. He's going to make the big plays. You know what I mean? He's going to step to the plate. You know, he's going to give us 30 when we need 30. You know, he's going to, at the moment of when we need to succeed, Paul's going to be there. That's one thing that he did. And I just don't see that in Tatum yet. I think he needs to, you know, understand, like, you know, the times to turn it up and the times to kind of sit back. I don't think he knows that yet. That's great stuff. We appreciate it. Big baby, that's awesome stuff. And I know it's a tough day for Celtics Nation, but uh, they got to figure this out quick. Yeah, man, they got to figure it out because I'd rather us lose 0-3 than do that shit. We just did <laughs> win all those damn games <laughs> in game seven. We don't damn. You got to be easing go up on the language, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was just, I'm so sorry. I'd rather us That's not, okay. Like, we played so hard and so, like, it was so crazy. And then the last game, we just fall. Like, I don't get that. I just don't get that. I would rather us what four two or four, you know, four one or like not come all the way back and then we we give it up. God. Yeah, I think you can hear the frustration in his voice. Great stuff. We appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Glenn Big Baby Davis with us. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Yeah, he's frustrated. As a guy that's in Celtic Nation, he's frustrated. It happens. Boy. I'll tell you, they need to figure that out quick. They they need to figure that out quick because you got two guys that you got to figure out whether you can play with them long term, and they're going to be the keys to winning a championship. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. It's now my pleasure to talk a little bit about Omaha Steaks because, my friends, Father's Day is almost here, and if you're looking for the perfect gift, look no further than Omaha Steaks. Canty, last week the FedEx people showed up. At my house, mm-hmm. 
It's a nice little case from Omaha Steaks. Yep. I opened up that box like I was jewels in Pulp Fiction and the gold was coming out. <laughs> it was beautiful. What'd you have? I They gave us a couple of fillets. Uh, the stuff that I, I haven't cooked at all yet, but they gave us some chicken breasts. They gave us some fillets. They gave us some burgers. I had some of the burgers. Uh, you had Wait some. till you try the beef tenderloin. Oh, I Wait got a couple of those. those. Ooh, they Get, are outstanding. Getting to those. Here's the point. They're perfectly aged, they're always tender, and they're guaranteed delicious. And the Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected packages. Just head over to omahasteaks.com, use promo code CANTY to check out, and get $30 off your qualifying order. Now for the good stuff. Now, you listen to this. You can choose from a variety of mouth-watering packages that include fork tender, you got bacon-wrapped filet mignons. You've got other gourmet grillables like air-chilled boneless chicken breast, burgers, jumbo franks, many more. And don't forget about this. I left this part out. The caramel apple tartlets. They give you four of those in there, too. Is your mouth watering yet? Because it better be. Mine is. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use code CANTY. At checkout, get $30 off an unforgettable gift that is guaranteed to make Dad's Day special because if there's one thing we know, it's Dad's Want Steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code CANTY, at checkout. Minimum order is required. See site for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. One of the big parts of the Warriors Dynasty is departing. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bob Myers, their GM, announced today that he is stepping down uh, as their general manager. Here he is just a little while ago on the decision. This job, uh, the one I'm in, and I would say this for any professional general manager or coach requires complete engagement complete effort thousand percent um, and if you can't do it then you shouldn't do it and so that's 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 the answer um, to the question of why it's just not this Chris this coming up feels like the last run at it for Golden State period and mm-hmm. I would you know the whole key here is and I'm assuming that Draymond is going to opt in to the last year of his contract because I think it's a mistake if he opts out mm-hmm they can make one more run at it, but I have a feeling that Bob Bob even knows that, too. That why not get out now? It's been a hell of a run. Yeah, I think Golden State is getting ready to push the reset. Now, I don't think Steph Curry is going anywhere because the skill that he brings to the table is one that doesn't seem like it's perishable. This guy's going to be able to shoot a basketball when he's 60 years old. So there's always going to be, to, going to be a value to that in the NBA, but... When you look at some of the other dimensions, some of the other players that have been integral to the Warriors dynasty, it feels like it's time for them to to move off of those guys. Klay Thompson is not the two-way player he once was. He's he's not as great as he was on the defensive end, you know, as he was 5 years ago. Draymond Green is a good player, but as he's getting older, he's going to get more expensive and are you going to be able to get the value in terms of a long-term deal with him? Um versus being able to free up that cap space to do other things with. I just feel like it's time for them to transition away from those core guys and find younger players 
that they can continue to work on and develop, um, and, and those guys can be a part of a new era of Warriors basketball. I think that's the way that you have sustained success, which is knowing when to move off of a guy. It's a it's a it's a characteristic. It's a quality that Bill Belichick has been known to have. Right, he gets rid of guys a year early as opposed to a year late. I feel like this is the Golden State Warriors. Bob Myers acknowledging that it's going to be time to push the reset button, get ready, not necessarily to go through a rebuild, but a transition, and him deciding to walk away as opposed to do go through that with his team. Well, to that point, after this coming season, assuming that Draymond does opt in, you've got seventy million coming off the books after next year. Yeah, with Draymond and Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. So from You're that not resigning point, those guys long term, no. Especially with what it's going to cost. This is it for the two of them. No question. And beyond that, the only other contract, like, I mean, they have Wiggins long-term, but they want him to be long-term, and it's at a very manageable number in the Mm mid-20s. Beyond that long-term, the the guy whose number is manageable, but he's killing him at the moment is Jordan Poole. And he has to be able to step up and actually become part of the solution. I don't know if he can do that. Yeah, that contract looks ugly right now. It does. And we thought he was going to be the guy. Yeah. No. I mean, you're you're headed for $30, $33 million a year and in the next few kinda, years. And you just kind of wonder, is what happened in training camp last year with the Draymond Green punch, was that the prelude to them breaking up the band? <laughs> like, it, just, it, it feels like that was the moment where the team chemistry was off. Like, I get it. You got rid of Kevin Durant. The team won a championship. Everybody celebrated. Hey, the core three got it done. Okay, great. But then Draymond punched Jordan Poole, who was a big part of them winning that championship a year ago, and it just felt like everything was not quite right with the Golden State Warriors throughout this year. And as a result, the franchise, because they've been paying through the nose with the luxury tax the last several years, they got to make a determination. Is the juice worth the squeeze? And I think Bob Myers deciding to step away is... I guess an indicator that the organization is going to be stepping away from some core guys that have been a part of the Golden State story for over the last decade. And guess what? I think they might be right. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.